Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It's 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, which means you're tuning in for Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and over the past few weeks, people around the world have woken up to the many injustices that Black Americans face every day. So today we're joined by Tori Marshall and James Watts of Cage Free Cannabis to discuss racism, the war on drugs, and white supremacy in the cannabis industry. So without further ado, Tori and James, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming. And where are you coming at us from? Uh, we're coming out of D.C., Washington, D.C. You know, they're the, the heart of all of everything, apparently, that's going on right now. <laughs> Very but much. Go every ahead, city man. has, I'll just say, every city has their outrage. But I think, like, last week we had cars on fire and, and the looting. You know, no one wants to see broken or somebody hurt. But uh, I get it. And it's like, I'm not mad at those guys for being out there and doing a thing and, and making, because you got to kind of, you know, we they tried taking a knee. <laughs> Punched him in the gut. I'm just saying. I mean, you got to, like, let motherfuckers know. I mean, will there have been uh, four arrests, you know? And, 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 and what about, like, has there been even any arrests before? Philando Castile, Sandra Blaine, you know, is there any convictions, police convictions? No. There, right. there, there, there were no convictions that stuck this is why people are mad and and, 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 and get all that fucking anger from each city though and if everybody can go to dc and just well get that after the action comes to legislation so like everybody go to dc when a and then b what law do we want them to pass and i really like cory booker's uh morac that one is pretty good because it reminds me of what Illinois has done with their cannabis scene. And Illinois, unlike in D.C., where you got the grow and give, we took social equity and we put it right at the heart. And you cannot get a license in Illinois without social equity because it's just worth too much. And then we have the R3 program. So we reinvest in the disproportionately impacted communities that the drug wars have blighted the most. We also uh, reward people that were arrested for just the right amount of cannabis in illinois that's like 500 grams but uh, down to 10 grams okay. and and then we incentivize that person to get back into the legal cannabis industry and give back to the community so i hope that you know what legislation now i mean you have a you have a poster a sign behind you there don't you Torre? what is that yeah. about uh defunding the police i think it should be done nationally um, we need to redirect those funds and invest those funds into communities that have been impacted and affected the most uh, by profiling of the police, um, which ultimately goes back to the drug war, right? So if you just, you know, trace that and do a paper trail, you know, like they like to do anyway when we're in court, you know, let's do it outside of court, the paper trail. And let's just let the numbers talk for themselves. And when we do that, we see where the money should go and where it should be directed. We know that it should be into the school systems. We know it should be in our healthcare systems. You know, we know that it should be in our housing. 
you know, like yep. like we're supposed to be protected. It should be in our health system. Where James and I live in Washington, D.C., we live um, east of the river, right? And that's like Ward 7, Ward 8. And we do we do not have a hospital with a maternity ward. Like, so you cannot, you know, our, our infant mortality rate is so high in, in the black and brown communities over here because one, we can't find a doctor. And then two, we have to travel outside of our ward and we may not have transportation. And we are DC and we are the federal government. So then there's traffic on top of that. So it's so many things you know, that we already considered a pandemic for us before it was, you know, a pandemic. Um, but however, you know, start to, we're, 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 we're starting to do it nationally. Like you guys said, like this, this is the first time um, people have ever come together in every state, you know, just, you know, just to help us to be heard a little more and a little louder. And we thank every ally and we just want to remind them that you know, thank you for being an ally in a time where we're Malcolm and we're not Martin. Because yeah. you know, if you follow the paper trails, it's been you know pretty long. And I heard about Chicago. I think that is so dope. Um, I think the only thing I wanted to ask is: the social equity program happened before or after like the dispensaries were already open and it was already legalization. No, no, it happened uh, with adult use, and that really got it over the line. Medical didn't have that. And so like now, like in Minnesota, uh, for example, they have a bill and I was reading it and then uh, I was like, I don't think they really went far enough with their social equity. So they need to adapt the types of stuff that Illinois put into its social equity program where you have the disproportionately impacted communities where the drug war has been blighted and, and, and hurt the most. And then you also have the people that have been hurt by the drug war and like actually arrested when it comes to um, Frickin uh, the, the at least the cannabis plant as opposed to whatever else may be legalized in the future so that uh, the people that have been harmed are the people that are then going to be enriched by legalization of cannabis. And it's, you know, I, I deal in the industry and it's a high barriers to entry. It's going to still be expensive, but then at least it's more equitable. Yeah, yeah. I think the defund the police goes a long way to having the financial means to reinvest because it shouldn't only come from the cannabis industry. Like it hasn't only been the cannabis industry that benefited from the war on drugs, from you know, the war on black and brown people. Like in DC, one of the things that has stuck with me since legalization of the cannabis industry is um, before legalization, it was 90% of the people arrested for uh, cannabis were black and brown people. After legalization, 90% plus are still being arrested for cannabis. Right. So like nothing has legitimately changed in the criminalization across the board. And it's not just, you know, it's not just cannabis. The, the pharmaceutical industry has benefited. You know, we're seeing the food industry has benefited from exploiting, you know, black and brown people, immigrants. Private prisons. Right. Private prisons. Right. right? It shouldn't be just these these marginalized communities yeah. and, and or just cannabis that has to pay this bill. Well, to his point. Because she pointed, she when she asked about like was it before or after the you know it, it's always been second thought you yeah. know Illinois is actually the first state that said hey we're going to include this because something is fucked up about this thing that is legal in nine states recreationally in our nation's capital and what thirty some odd states medically recognize you know if you're a grown adult human being you understand that weed's not the drug that you were taught you know from their childhood right. <laughs> A shitty 70s movies and 80s. People believe it. People, yeah. haters, haters out there believe that cannabis is a drug. And if you do it, you're a drug addict and you're bad. And you're terrible. But um, I feel the same way with sugar. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, you know, the, the you know, depending on, you know, my days where I want to support, you know, my, my friends or my neighbors or anyone that's just trying to support their family. I may feel the same way about sex. But however, you know, an addiction is an addiction. And, you know, who, who are we to judge? Yeah, you know, right. as, as, as long as you can be productive out here and you're not, um, let me not curse, and you're not messing with anyone's peace and we're all out here coexisting, do you. Because I'm going to do me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm addicted to coffee. Like, I, I, I'm starting out late just because it's like I was trying to get my shit together. I'm like, okay, I need yeah, coffee. That's what yeah. me. Dare <laughs> taught me that coffee was a stimulant back in the 80s. Yeah. Goddamn me. Mm -hmm. Dog on Reaganomics. 
But that one was okay. You know, I don't remember Dare talking whatsoever about the alcohol usage. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, never. No. 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 And that's why Americans are made ignorant on drugs, you know, even as people are tired of uh, on our, we, we, we admin, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys saw a pretty big page, you know, 19th, right, Tom? And Something like that. It's been at 300,000 since it was shadow banned in 2013, 2014. Yeah, just right there. Like, that's a cool goal if we can hit that 300,000 mark, right? Yeah. But I, I posted one Black Lives Matter meme, and the shitstorm of people that you realize, like, they're, they're kind of racist. Because then I kind of came out with a, a, another uh, kind of like, yo, why is everybody upset when I post this, you know, BLM meme? And then the first two comments was one was this uh, white lady saying, shut up. And the, and the second one was some white dude trying to tell me, try, trying to mansplain to me what, what I'm trying to, to. I'm just tired of fucking like, not, I just want to live. We don't, can we stop? Like, not, because here's what's going to happen. Right? <laughs> this is my narrative. This, is, what the, this <laughs> is my narrative. Like, how can you, like, you know, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Everybody wants to talk freedom of free speech. But as soon as a black and brown person talk about freedom, their speech is taken away. So it's like... (laughs) It's not the time to express that free speech. I'm sorry. Uh, Who made the white guy the baron of appropriateness? What the fuck, you know? I mean, you know, when when was that, like, the barrier? Like, when did we have to be like, you know, oh, oh, white people don't understand, stop talking. I'm just trying to be like, yo, Black Lives Matter, I agree. I mean, if you haven't noticed, I'm not black, so there's no, like... Uh, and I'm not saying you're lesser. I'm not saying, you know, I'm better than you because I am not white. I, I'm just saying, like, hey, do you see the situation going on? Did you see the video with the needed neck? And do you know there's no been prosecutions? Did you know that marijuana is illegal because it's based off of uh, lies saying that I uh, made white women want to sleep with black men and it turned you into a bat? Actually, it was mainly brought in as Latinos. The yeah. crazy Latinos are going to stab yeah. you up. Yeah. Like, what? Ricotta, remember? He goes back to Anslinger in the 30s. And so when he would be sitting there reporting from his newspaper articles, uh, he'd say, like, ah, oh, this Victor Licata guy, of course, he's, oh, gosh. It was back when they were, like, properly racist because it was the what 30s. Was so they could say, like, you know, he's of a lesser race, these Mexican brains. But me even yeah. saying Mexican is probably nice. Put a uh, Hoover into um in into position to to just you know tackle everybody. It, was, it, it started with jazz music. Yep. You know what I'm saying? The jazz music created you know. This- that's how. That, you know, but that's how like Miggy and I met. Was I, I I researched the history and I wrote this book. And if you guys are enjoying this type of content, don't forget to do the likes, shares, and subscribes, and stick around until the end. I'll tell you how you can get one of those. But it, it was the legal history of the cannabis uh, prohibition, and then why it's totally unconstitutional for its it's a rational basis with bite method. And so like, we're talking about well, who gets arrested? Black and brown people. But it's illegal for everybody. Clearly, it's not. You know, uh, and it's it's got this effect that they are not only are they taking your life, your liberty, your property, they are branding you a felon. They're revoking your 13th Amendment right because now you're a criminal. So you can be a slave. It's Absolutely. it's Absolutely. shocking that it, we're sitting here in 2020 and we still have this. So why do you think when somebody says black lives matter, it creates this ew in them and they're just they get all up in arms because they they. They don't know how to see the bigger picture um, when it comes to the overall perspective. It's just, you know, it's just like we can talk about it in cannabis, but we can also talk about it when it comes to um, the numbers runner back in the day. You know, before there was a, a lottery in your state, there was a numbers runner. Before you had a liquor store, you had a bootlegger, you know, and where are they? You know, are they are they in their industry? No. You know, like what does that look like? So not not to necessarily say, you know, black and brown people are the producers of everything cool that likes to be called culture that is then appropriated. We just like to say, you know, just you like this idea? That's that's cool. Let's bring bread together and work together. But instead they create this ground to just punish us and take our ideas and then rebrand it and call it whatever they want in whatever industry. That's a good point. You know, the whole, cause the whole, all lives matter. Well, you know, cause I mean, somebody, I don't, I don't know the history who created the, and I'm sure some super nerd does, you know, the, the meme shit, but 
again, it's evolved to the point now, like things are calming down, right? Like everything's cool, kind of sort of whatever. But to win the next video, the next guy fucking, you know, getting dirt, a knee to the throat. And it's not a black and white issue, right? Let's let's also remember that there is racism amongst uh, even like in when I first went to the Navy, uh, I had a guy, a black guy who's my best friend throughout the whole time turn out. But in the beginning, he's like, man, I watched you for days because I thought you were going to come at me. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? I, 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 I th- Before I even joined, I had dreadlocks and folks smoked a lot of weed on the beach. And turns out that don't pay bills. So, yeah. Institutionalization of colorism. Like, yeah. Pitted yeah. against each other. Like, I, you know, I well, don't know. But first yeah. instinct is going to be we don't get along. Well, you know, within the black community, right? It's like, hey, there's shades of like good because you're different. You know, the darker is bad, less. You're a lesser, right? It's all bullshit. And it was it, made because some well, mentality that someone's it, trying to put you in it, that some white fucking thing is the reference for the good, yeah. right? I thought I could say it was bullshit because I have the most beautiful two chocolate brown parents, and I still look like. Hey, uh, did you adopt her? Is, is her dad white? Is her mom white? What happened? And then I met him as my co-founder uh, of WeBake, and I'm just talking to him, and then I meet his white mom, and I'm like, "We are amazing. Look at this." So, <laughs> so let's and talk it, about WeBake to them. What is WeBake? Um, WeBake is a place, a safe place for us. Um, that we provide to other people and it does not matter the color, it does not matter the gender or anything because we bake stands for we bring awareness and knowledge, educating demographics. You know, it's about getting a person to step outside themselves without making them feel attacked. You know, there's because and Jay's and I will go back and forth all the time with this discussion. I will I will hit him with the Malcolm X speech. It's fast as lightning because I'm always like the most the most disrespected person in America is a black woman you know (laughs) and then after I calm down you know I'm like okay well if you know this you know that you're relatable to pretty much any and 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 everyone and I think my shirt kind of says it the best so far yeah right so I really like to wear this shirt around um because Sometimes it's you get tired of talking because what happens? You get attacked, and it's not coming from a, you know a, a hurtful place. What you said at first, it was coming from you know your point of view, you know your narrative, and 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 how dare you try to censor me because I'm hurting your feelings? Clearly, you don't care about mine. So right. it's it's like an abject lack of empathy. So whenever right. I see like somebody says Black Lives Matter and they chime up with their All Lives Matter stuff, I'm like, man, that wasn't the point. That, that was not the point. Can't you like see it from their perspective and yeah. just appreciate that? I mean, can't you have that empathy to be able to share with someone else the same thing it means to be human? But like, you know, you, you I've I've uh, I've lived like this for a while. Listen, uh, it's OK. Like, thank yeah. you for acknowledging your privilege. Like, right. Tom, Tom's you know, a great at, guy. You know, at, 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 at the end of the day, it is it's and that's why I I, I think. I think the I think my, you know, non-black, you know, females that are out there married to, you know, knuckleheads, good, bad, all colors, you know, that kind of like listen sometimes because I tell people all the time, you know, I know that, you know, for my family, when, you know, the feminist movement was really, really coming about, like they were still fighting, you know, not to be called Negro in color, you know, but here you had women that were like, no, like we're tired of feeling less than. So then it tore some of my female women like in part and into they're like, do we do we fight? Because we can't fight for both, you know, because they're both on a Monday, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Double book for protests. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I brought the wrong sign. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we're like, where do we go? What do we do? How do we think about this? And at the time, like, you know, I and it's a conversation that I have with my mom to this day, and shout out to her. Her birthday was yesterday. She just turned 74 years old. And when she speaks with me now, she tells me things like, you know, you're right. Like, you know, we should have been more about the civil rights movement. She was like, but we were, we, we were tired women. And I'm like, yeah, 
So do the paper trail, understand why you're a tired woman because the black man kept getting torn away from you. Mm. Even when you guys were living together on the field, if you did something that was out of line, you guys were separated. I said, and if you were separated with child, the child did not go with him. The child stayed with you. So this is something that we're used to. This is conditioned behavior. And that's why I think sometimes it it sometimes it hurts me to see that we're not my people aren't reminded of that because it's like so many generations removed that it's just like yeah. it's either I can't believe this happened or I never thought this would happen again. And I'm like, when did it ever stop? Like <laughs> well, and that's the, the, the black American woman experience. Like, like that's not like the, the black European woman experience. That's the black American woman's experience. Well, how much of that do you think was the drug war's fault uh, because of its effects on the black American man? Because what do they do? They get arrested and then well, that's the transition she was talking about. They were taken right. away during slavery, and then now you brought the drug war. Hey, guess guess who's now you're another generation of fatherless kids, but this time because you're a legal slave. With the, with the with the 13th Amendment, you know, it came yeah. came straight out of slavery, went to Jim Crow, went to sharecropping, and then it was, you know, basically the war on drugs. Jazz music, and they're like, We gotta stop this, guys. Yeah. We've got to stop it's this. Jungle music. Give Charlie it's Parker some power. Jungle music. Yeah. He called it jungle music. <laughs> Who called it jungle music? Um what yeah, what, what white dude from the thirties called a jungle music? Was it that Anslinger uh, dude? Yes. Anslinger, so the, the the leader of the yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. guy that helped to yeah. prohibit it back in nineteen thirty seven, Harry yes. J. Anslinger. Yeah. Um, yeah. That guy. That guy. You know what you guys? What you were talking about as far as like the um, it's like a PTSD of generations of like the you know uh, you guys you guys seen Antoine Fisher right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what he references, too, as far as, uh, uh, you know, the slavery and his mentality. He was beaten by his grandmother and uh, his aunts and everything, treated the lesser of, you know, and they were figuring it's like a we're scarred. But yet America doesn't want to acknowledge that fact that way because racism is over, by the way. Did you know that Ben Carson said systematic racism yeah, Obama. is not real? Obama. Yeah. Obama. Yeah. Obama. Yeah. Obama. Right. Obama. I was I was like, you know what? Because I get it. Like, we are a vibe. Right. Um, I know that I'm a vibe because, you know, every female in, 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 in my bloodline, especially back then, I know that we were healers. I know that we helped take care of your children and you entrusted us to do that. So we know that we're that calming vibe that you need when you need it, because we're that convenience, because we do cook and we do farm. You know, and we do take care of this and we do take care of that. So that's convenience to you. Yeah. You know, to us, we just got to do it on both ends. And we're so conditioned to doing it that way. That you know, <laughs> that, well, and you let's know. not forget every time that the black community peaked out to a point that it's not just the Tulsa uh, massacre. You know, there was also what South Carolina, North Carolina, I think one of those areas where Rosewood and Florida. Yeah. Remember. So time, oh, good. I, I feel like here. So the reason why the, the 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 riot and the reason why the looting isn't bad here in D.C. is because when we had the riots here, and I was not born, my mom was actually a part of it, and she was arrested. She was actually put in the in the wagon with Jesse Jackson and um our forever mayor, Mayor Marion Burry. Um, Yo, he was respect, man. I, I used to I grew up when he was the cocaine thing, right? And I thought, how. This is guy, and then I saw a documentary. Holy, yeah, that Holy dude, shit. respect. Right. All respect. The shit. We don't say shit about Wall Street. We don't say shit about the gun. We, we let y'all do y'all. I'm pretty sure if we had more money, it would be as pure as Wall Street. However, black people really never had that opportunity to really experience the pure yet. So it's like, um, <laughs> hey, baby, I see you smile. <laughs> No, so it's, 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 it's like, you know, we're we're just trying to find a way to get people to understand when you when you speak about, you know, the whole Constitution going back to legislation. You know, there's one part in there that, you know, if, if the Constitution really doesn't matter, even though it says that um it matters because the Constitution is what demands us to do uh, the census. Um, the census is required via Constitution. The same constitution that still has a section one, <laughs> article two, clause three, that says black people are three fifths of a person. You we didn't repeal that? 
Huh? We, didn't, we haven't we haven't like uh, crossed that off yet. No. And oh if right, I so mean they might have amended it. They, you know, thirteen. So. Yeah. Thirteen is the amendment. Okay. Thirteen is the amendment. But they don't retract. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's a document that you have to say. Look, we were assholes at one time. Yeah. Well, this is what it is, right? right? This is and what they, the country they was did built on. Actually, somewhere, and I have to look it up again. Somewhere, you you, you have to Google it. It was like during again the combine <laughs> of the Obama administration. They slid an apology in for slavery. Oh shit! So there actually is a document in there from our government acknowledging it. However. You know, they were just like, you guys came and took a cruise over here and we took advantage of you guys. Well, and let me tell you something. Just like now with these kingpin charges, black and brown people ain't never had no ship. So I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about right now? Like, you know, uh, what bank was that? The, the um, Was it Wells Fargo? One of the banks last year, shit. All that white pure coke on the, on a bank. Listen, they got caught with metric tons of coke on a container ship, and nobody got thrown in jail. Listen, like it was just they like, were like oh, they were like I we can't believe this. they did this. I was like, you know, if you follow the paper trail, these are the same people that use their ships to bring us over on the on the mid transatlantic. Oh, yeah, I was like, I promise you, that's the same family. You just got to do the paper trail. Yeah. Like, if you want to smoke weed anyway and chill out and vibe. Why not do some research? Why not try to heal? Like, I, you know, we started doing this because we wanted to heal ourselves because James has children. I have children. And I just wanted them to be able to break some of these cycles because it yeah. just goes back to gener generational PTSD. And I tell people, like, you know, it was easier for us when we came out into the cannabis industry um, to talk to veterans because they knew what PTSD was. Yeah. And like, you know, I want to help you guys. And they were like, well, why? You're not a veteran. I was like, I'm a veteran of Washington, D.C. Listen, I can show you a T-shirt with 35 of my friends are dead, sir. 35. I have no business with a T-shirt like this. With nope. And I said, and the person that made this, he died five years ago. I was My like, this shirt needs to be updated. So <laughs> where were you? Grozny? No. <laughs> It was a vet. It was a vet that introduced me to the theory of hood PTSD. Like I had never thought about this. Bullets had hit walls where I was standing. Yeah. Shootouts had been right in front of me. You know, I when my son was two years old, he, he was in the middle of the street while a shootout was going. And That's like he, he like this vet was like, man, you you might have hood PTSD. And I was like, huh? He went, that, That's not real, man. He was like, and he ran down all. Has this ever happened to you? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just thought that was, you know, what it was. And yeah. he was like, no, man, like, there's so many people that they don't account for that. And he was like, now we're getting the training of PTSD from that. He's like, we should, you know, carry this over to, you know, the people that have PTSD from these situations of being marginalized. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the, the VA doesn't acknowledge that PTSD mm -hmm. can be treated by marijuana because that's oh. a terrible Schedule One drug. Who's uh, you can be punished by life in prison and like millions of dollars in fines if you have enough of this stuff, uh, according to federal law. Right. So uh, the it's terrible because like we've done stuff on on the VA's website on this channel before where they'll actually mention that it it helps, but it, you can't have it. And I'm yeah. like, wow, yeah. greatest yeah. generation right there. I tell you, they gave all. <laughs> and then we say proven that psilocybin helps the vets break yeah. the PTSD connection. They will not do the research for it. And these vets are out here suffering. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, if you want to salute the flag, salute the flag. Help these vets that have already fought and are fucked up coming home, can't get jobs. Come on, man. Yeah, but why, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, why are you going to sit there and perpetuate a lie from 80 years ago that was wrong then and it's just now obviously glaringly wrong now and not help these people? Why are you just going to sit there and continue to pretend like it doesn't exist is that kind of like the reason why legalization is still prohibition? I mean, we're, we're we have so many misguided priorities, dude. You know, and we're always being told like what we're supposed to do. Because uh, this to me, this is like going to be the most important show that we've done in a while, right? Like, you know, especially what's going on and all mm -hmm. the other stuff. Like, you know, back to Tori's point as far as uh, did you know, the United States is the only uh, country that has not created a commission to address the past issues. You know, besides you know bringing slavery, there's the, the Native Americans. You know, Australia's got their uh, reparations committee. Um, Canada did theirs, you know, and, and honestly, we're not asking for a $1,200 check, but that'd be cool. 
But yeah, uh, but check out what <laughs> Illinois did with their uh, cannabis legalization, because I'm not necessarily advocating for the legalization of heroin, but cannabis, maybe uh, cyclobin, uh, you know, controlled, more controlled, so you can actually get clinical uh, help with it. And you're not just going to have, here's your eighth of uh, mushrooms, sir. Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah them up is what you do. Yes, yes. 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 Dosing like, like, like you, like you need to be educated <laughs> on dosing. Like, right. and, and and I think that's and and that's honestly, I can tell you that's where the cannabis industry has failed, um, because uh, they were doing that in the traditional market a little better than they were because we had to see these people every day. You know what I'm saying? And look, you're making me look bad. People, listen. I know this isn't bad stuff. You're making me look bad. Come here, sit down. Let's talk about this. What's going on? Yeah, you, you can't OD you, you, from I mean, cannabis. You can't, right. You can't OD from it, but you're doing a little too much. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. how many edibles did you eat? Listen, how like, much let's, wax did yeah, you how smoke? much right. wax did you smoke? Let's talk about this for a minute. And that's, you know, that's that's how microdosing is done, you know, in a traditional market. I, I, can, I can say since the 90s, you know, because we had such a bad label on us in the 80s with Reaganomics up until the 90s, you know? So it was just, we were trying to, just like with defunding the police, we were trying to police our own community. We were trying to support our own. We were trying to protect our own. We were trying to educate our own and we were trying to teach our own. And when that started really happening in the 80s, I would definitely say, again, it, it, it was like, they're bad. They got to go. And I was like, oh, no, you're arresting the wrong people. Like that man was stopping people from ODing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. Right. So, when you do, so when you do that, you get the ODing again. Well, and the drug education, like you were talking about, you guys doing your, uh, and, you know, with, with microdosing, too, uh, we forget that the pharmaceutical industry does it with, uh, like, how many times your doctor says, here's 400 milligrams of this. If it lets yeah. me know if it works right, come yeah. back next sort week. Of. Dose it. That's of. what you're doing. Sort you're of. like, I need to know. How many brownies or whatever it is that you're going to take your daily dose? I, I recommend RSO for people to get proper yes. to have an understanding of what's going on. Because then, once you realize, like, I need something the size of a thing of rice, then you can put that in whatever you think. Because the whole edible thing that's a lot of food, man. And I'm already fat as it is. Uh, <laughs> I learned this morning you could eat too much corn, apparently. Um, my wife made we have a in, in Mexican, uh, there's a it's called a skedis. it's corn, heavy cream. Uh, parmesan, uh, spices, right? She made a nice big pot of it. I kept walking by it. Apparently, I ate more than half of it last night by accident. <laughs> that sounds amazing. This morning, I thought I was gonna die because I didn't know you could eat too much corn. You, you, your body doesn't digest it. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, fix. I just learned that. Look, thank, look, thanks to Nixon making what corn syrup that did what uh, diabetes, oh. where in the community, why. Because everywhere else, America was the most obese. Look, seriously, yeah. everywhere in America, yeah. the most open. Now that that corn syrup is everywhere, going everywhere with that, you know, with the sugar. That's well, it. I mean, they, the fast it's food industry right. like studies killing people. Yeah, but you they study how to make food more addictive. Yeah, like that's yeah. the point of the that fast food industry, and so they're just doing their job. They're maximizing <laughs> profits and killing us. <laughs> And then, like, you know, think about it, because then, like, Merck's like, can you make these double bacon cheeseburgers even more addictive and make sure they get the big Coke? Because yeah. I'm working on this new procedure where I give a stent into their failing heart and it, it, it inflates so that we can continue to poison their body for a few more years before they need a bigger procedure. And I charge insurance $18,000 per hour. No, it's it's, hey, it's we got a brand to put it around the to yeah. stop you from eating this shit that's addictive that you want to keep eating. Like, yeah, got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real though. Hey, uh, back to the fund the police because I mean, as we we're talking before about how like uh, I, I joked about how I saw Patrice one time say, you know, you hate the cops until you need the cops, right? Until you got nice shit, and you get a great point about the capitalism, right? I mean, that's all the cops are there for. You know, they're not downtown protecting Nordstroms to make make those guys yeah. safe. They're down town trying to make sure you know like the windows don't get broken and i get that part but you know certain point you go there's real crime to always be after right there's right, yeah. you know why are you arresting pot people why you know this mispriority but for defund the police what do you guys is there a, a plan for how to protect the nice shit i think I, uh, I i think given the opportunity people aren't out here stealing other people's nice shit. Like if there aren't people hoarding 
hundreds of millions, billions of dollars to do what with? Like, you know what I mean? If they just like to have it. Right. If, if they're I'm beating you, I have more money. Right? Yeah, that's that's going on. Four years ago that I can live really well off of fifty thousand dollars if I cut out all the bullshit. Right. And I can live really, really nice, really nice. Yeah. And there are people that are living way beyond these means. And we're they're worried about protecting this from the people who have nothing as they well should be because there's more people that have nothing. So they should address the people that have nothing. Because if you have something, you're way less liable. I think I read a study, it's like 89 to 86%. If they have over a certain amount of money, they're not thinking about stealing from somebody else. Yeah. So if this money that's going into the police is going to like, opportunities for people in these communities that the police have been policing because they're stealing from people who have the shit and aren't breaking bread, I, they might not be stealing as much, right? 80 something percent of them won't be in these positions to have to steal shit like, you know, meat, bread, you know, and you know, they have food. to like, right? You know. Come on, come on, electricity. Like you're getting prosecuted for stealing water and electricity because you can't afford it. Like next it'll be air. But, you know, I, I, we were on a, we were on a podcast yesterday and, and the lady said, or the dude said, um, Defunding the police is dangerous because all the funds just go into the military, and the military. Why is it going there? Yeah, yeah. So they have to protect our interests in other countries where we're right now. And they should cool. teach us, but they already stuff have money because apparently. we suck at math. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, well, honestly, they should be asking to defund the police too, especially like in places like Brazil. There was just a 14-year-old child killed in Brazil by the cops because they didn't want to chase the perp by foot. So they just started ringing throughout this neighborhood where people had their children outside. And this isn't something that's new with Brazil. And it's just like, you know, when we give other examples, now we call them massacres. But before that, when they first started, they were called riots. They called them riots. They called us rioters. And then it took 30 years later for them to say, you know what, this was a massacre. That was the same thing that they did in Brazil when they arrested so many Afro-Brazilian people. They don't even process them properly. So people don't know where their family is. Like they won't tell them if they're locked up and then they kill them whenever they're ready yeah and then you know like uh, the question i think y'all asked earlier or the point y'all made earlier uh about why you know the united states won't admit to things it's our, our biggest export is this you know what i'm saying stealing resources and over and over criminalizing black and brown people like across the globe and it's working for them now right so this is yeah. literally working for them now and they don't want to change it and what's happening it's not now it's been working forever right <laughs> at least 400 years forever, a long time lifetimes <laughs> generations mm -hmm. and because of this it's like we had someone we went to um the drug policy alliance reform in 2016 and we met um a a, a young brother from brazil and he's like, yeah, you know, so we realized we were black when we started watching TV and the way that you guys were getting treated, we were like, that looks so familiar. So we, so we must be black too. <laughs> you and are. I was like, <laughs> you, you are. are. You are. I'm like, well, if that's the wake up call you needed. Oh, I guess. Like, now they're Afro-Brazilian. Now they're Afro, I, like, I, so I, let's do something. I'm yeah. like, well, welcome to the revolution. Let's work. So. Right. I think like like as I, that's that's where me and Tori connected at, at Rebate. It was like you know the educating demographics part was you know getting people to understand of all demographics, you know all cultures, all races, you know all ideologies that legitimately we're all in it together. <laughs> like, right, but right? I, why is there this this misconception that somebody goes like, but we're the best? <laughs> what the fuck, you best? <laughs> You know, we each get to be alive. My life doesn't count like plus one on yours, bud. You know, hey, uh, no, uh, it's the same air, same planet. Uh, it's a different perspective. But I mean, why are we so obsessed with like, you know, being number one or this is the best or, or being all right? I try to agree with that as much as possible. Somebody says we're the best. Yes, we are. We are the best humans at the moment right now. But 
outside of that, like, yeah, what are you the best? You're the best white guy. You're the best yeah. race. You're the best religion. You're the, what are you the best? You're the yeah. best. Guy. Like everything you can have a debate about, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you can have a debate about, it's probably not real. <laughs> no, I, I totally uh, I, I agree with your guys' premise on the defund the police. Uh, you know, and, and the, the, the the hippie in me embraces it and loves it. All and, the way, right? The the, the the retarded grown up idea uh, realist is like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But what well, can happen? Look at LA. Look at LA. Well, look at LA. I mean, it's a start. What, what, what are they? Let's talk about what they're doing in LA. We just can't yeah. say, look at it. What are they, uh, uh, Tori, tell us what they're doing in LA. Their, their mayor, they they are taking away, um, I think, between 100 and 150 million from away from the police budget. Oh, for the, yeah, the arms. Yeah. And see here in DC, see they're, they're, our budget right now for them is five hundred and eighty million. Oh my God! Um, DC one is not a state. Overposed. We we, yeah. we 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 are not a state. Um, we have nineteen plus different law enforcement that can arrest us at any time. Right. You have park. You have, <laughs> so this you have transit, library, campus, anybody you know, that, that 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 has a badge and cuffs and you know took the oath, they can arrest us, right? And it's only seven hundred thousand residents of DC. Seven hundred thousand residents of DC, but we have nineteen plus law enforcement agencies that can just do whatever they want, whenever they want. And then on top of that, once we are arrested, because we are not a state, it's a coin toss if we go fed. Oh fuck! But if DC is going to fight to just put us in their one little jailhouse that they have, so most, most charges are federal. We get shipped out of here, and the feds have like a ninety-something percent conviction rate, about upwards of ninety-five. Yeah. I think it's ninety-nine percent. Like one percent, you're you're off, right? So we're catching fed charges, and then we're shipped out to you know Chicago, Maryland, West Virginia, North Carolina, everywhere, everywhere. But like to change Missouri, just. The, the town in Missouri just, you know, they just uh, elected their first black mayor ever. Like, I think change is going on. Like somebody yeah. just told us that, you know, the, for the first time ever, there was a protest in every state across mm-hmm. the yeah. country. And it wasn't just black people outraged yeah. at this shit. I just think they'll keep going on just because Trumpito has been jerking off the cops since he started. And then, uh, uh, you know, he's not going to have an actual statement of saying this is how we reform. Because well, no, Hopefully he keeps stoking the fire because, like, the best thing I've personally yeah. seen was them burning down a police station. Like the mm-hmm. best statement I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like we're, this is who we're mad at. You know why we're mad. And we're taking our anger out. Like better than looting or anything else that happened, like burning down the police station was the best statement I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we're mad at you. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think him running down to the bunker was a pretty good statement too though. That was like, man, if I was in D.C., I'd be there, man. I would Wait, be there. That, that's just an example of cowardice. I mean, like, if, if we were to believe that Donald Trump is such a wuss that he went underground because he clearly upset an entire nation of people with his, with his aggressive narcissist <laughs> methods, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no doubt. If we could only that, help and, and, and that is this is the adult crazy ass Kanye West quote. And everybody <laughs> I can't believe you're quoting Kanye West. I said, listen, just like Dave Chappelle, he told you he was gonna go crazy in advance. This is what happens when you're black in America. We're conditioned, we're trying to reach for something, we're trying, we're trying to be equal. And what we see is equal is having money and being a capitalist. When I get on, I'm going to leave your ass for a white girl. I told you this as a college dropout. Look at me now. So it was just like trying to explain things like that to people yesterday while we were downtown. And then to have like the armed guards on the roof with sharpshooters and people looking down at us. And yes, when I tell you those fences are thick, wide, and real protected, and we cannot get anywhere close to that White House. Like I have pictures. I posted those pictures. Like when I tell you it's real, he is, I don't know. And I don't even think he's there, but he's just that scared. Yeah. That he's <laughs> It makes a statement though, because that's supposedly going to be his house, right? And he can't control his fucking house. He can't control. They were like, "You guys have a curfew. You have a seven o'clock curfew." And yes, we do have a curfew. However, you know, right now, since 
the riot of 68 in D.C., one, we don't loot our own stuff. We don't loot where we live because we can't come back because gentrification is real, just like with natural disasters in Puerto Rico and Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? When they hit gentrification, we cannot afford the rent. So we we, we knew better this time, you know, and and you can't help people that come into, you know, your your area and loot. You can only say, listen, just don't keep not make it that bad. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I have, you know, we have to come yeah. back here. You know, we already have a food desert. You know, we already have, you know, a medicine desert. Like, you know, so don't, you know, leave some for our sick children. So we just try to remind people to do things like that, you know, in, in their time of, I guess, outrage, you know, just just for us. Right. <laughs> so so what do you guys uh, just turn it back to the cannabis industry? What do you think racial justice is going to look like in the cannabis industry? Oh, um. I was I was literally just talking about this to some lawyer friends of mine. Um, uh, she one 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 of them was saying that uh, she was pointing out that it was funny because we're we're three years we're like three years into this like you know, talking to a bunch of different communities, you know, talking to Congress, going down and kind of lobbying from a community perspective, and she was just asking me how I felt about the news finally catching up. And like the news has apparently uh, used one of her quotes of, you know, what the industry was going to look like if we didn't get in front of it. And the news is just catching on three years later to her quote that, you know, if we keep letting it go like this, it's going to be the same thing. And she's like, you know, and I was like, I, I, I didn't even know that. I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> but I think it's going to be the same thing as usual if we keep tuning into it the way we keep tuning into it. Right. Because it's an opportunity, like it's the beginning of it. So we have the opportunity to shape it as the community, like like black and brown people, like we were talk, touching on earlier, are the people that built this industry. It's an indigenous drug to, you know, Mexicans. Mexicans have been growing fucking marijuana forever. There are no strains. Right? There are no there, there are no there are no land racist strains in America. There are no land racist strains <laughs> in Canada. There, let me tell you something. Like you know, it's 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 only, it, like 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 it's just like some of the social equity programs. Zero. <laughs> so it's just. Tommy, <laughs> <laughs> on mute. You're on mute. You're, You're on mute. Tom. Oh, he's still going. You <laughs> ah, can't. I can't hear you. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, the, that happens sometimes. The, the, the thing yeah. that made us, the thing that made us more hopeful, I guess, because we we were ready to to, to quit like three years ago. Seriously, we were going to quit. Um, we were like, you know, fuck this shit. <laughs> you know, we we have this law. You know, we're we're compliant. We're I seventy one compliant. We're gonna grow our own meds because you know you guys grow trash anyway. You put pesticides and chemicals and stuff. You pay the testers to just put whatever on your labeling. Like nobody's really holding you guys responsible or accountable. They sell RSO for one hundred and fifty dollars a gram. gram. Okay. Um, yes. Like, you know, and that is the pure base plant form medicine. That is the true medicine. I get a syringe for like 30 bucks. Hey, right? Mm -hmm. oh We're about to I, I can make like a whole jar for like maybe well, 200, right? Like, come on. Well, like, how much? I mean, like that, a whole jar, that's a lot of flowers. So, like, you'd have to, how many plants can you grow legally in uh, DC? Six, six, eight, uh, 12, 12 max. 12 six. max. You could get you get a jar if you had twelve good plants. Twelve max, six in clone, six in veg. So if you think about it from the way that you can think about it, meaning if you're new, if you're true to this, then that's what you would call a perpetual harvest if you played your game right, right? So it's just you know it it it, it can it can be done. Um, however, it's just something that you you have to know, and if not, just with some of these people that we see in the industry who were, you know, former customers or, you know, just, you know, fans, you know, they, 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 they have this access and this opportunity, you know, to get further than the people that, you know, was, was once servicing them. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's why, you know, ultimately we, we stayed in it because we ran into cage free cannabis. And <laughs> if I could, if, you know, if I could say anything about Adam and Andrew at cage free cannabis, they're so different than any other organization or company that ever approached us to appropriate our culture. Like they came from a Ben and Jerry standpoint. I call them the Ben and Jerry's of the cannabis industry. Like, you know, I, 
I, I remember like being uncomfortable with Adam the first few times. And so, you know, I, I, I inhale my medicine for my anxiety because, <laughs> you know, if you want me to stay around, you have to allow me, you know, to be okay to flow with yeah. it. So, um, and I remember like the cops coming and he just like hurry up and took the J out of my hand. And he was just like, la, 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 la. And the cop just walked up to him and was like, Ooh. he was like, okay. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, yeah. I was like, you know, you're probably the only white person that has, you know, tried to engage us and really work with us that has done that. Any, they will let the cops just talk down to us, like they will leave James and I hanging. <laughs> hey, you forgot this. Yeah. Right. Oh, this, hey, guys. Here, here. I don't know where we're at. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and, and, and Adam just looks at me. He's like, I'm not an idiot. Like you know, I, one, he's from DC. You know, he's like, I'm not an idiot. Like I know what they do. He was like to black and brown people in his community. He so I was like. Well, thank you. And then, you know, we were telling him about, you know, what we had going on or what we were trying to do with creating like a national movement where we just raise awareness of expungement. One, because we're not a state, so we don't even have expungement. So we need help fighting for it here. And, you know, to just to get people to know that you don't have to pay to come into a conference, you know, to try to get some legal services like if that was like you can't like. I'm coming to you because I could barely pay for my lawyer. Like I could barely pay to get there. I don't think I have the right clothes to wear. So, you know, <laughs> you know like, so I, we, we wanted to, we, we tried to tell the people in the, the, the cannabis industry that said they wanted to work with us and be a part of our social equity programs. And some looked like us and some didn't. They just weren't from the same communities that we were from. So they didn't understand why it didn't make sense for people like, you know, James and I to travel to like Colorado all the time, you know, to, to to go to an expungement clinic because my charges are here in DC. Like, are you gonna have, <laughs> you know, like what does that look like? So when Cage Free heard us, um, they were just like, I got you. And I was like, what? And I was like, if you got us, it's like I said in the beginning, if you like that idea, come on, let's break bread. Yeah. You know, let's like like let's break bread. And and that's what we ended up doing. And then throughout that, um, James became more vocal because he's just like, ah, it's bigger than cannabis. He's like, and I need jobs. And they're like, no, we get it. And he's like, well, listen, where we bake, you a K-tree cannabis. And so, you know, Adam was like, well, no, like both of these are social justice. He was like, well, just like K-tree repair. And I was like, Kate, you do have K-tree. I was like, so this is how we will move going on with National Expansion Week. I was like, because then people won't think that everything we do is about cannabis when it comes to our wraparound services because our wraparound services are the most important things it's things that we don't have in these communities that we fight for we fight for financial literacy you know what i'm saying we, we we fight for critical thinking you know we we fight for civics you know we fight to bring back schoolhouse rocks so we know what a bill is and how to pass it you know yeah. <laughs> Your proper history classes where you no, that's know, good stuff right there. White folks didn't create everything. You know, we we you know, yeah. National Expansion Week it has everything yeah. like ACLU, um, different chapters, they come and help. We have a national partnership with um with Code for America and their brigade system. They and they've been helping like teach tech classes and showing, you know, our, our, our communities in different states how to um navigate through apps and you know, fight for automatic, you know, automated expungement and sealing in, you know, your city or state. Um, we've, we've had one true compliant, amazing, you know, sponsor going on two years now from the cannabis industry and that's Canopy. However, that's not enough, you know, um, and then it goes back to just thinking overall, like it, it, it hurt me the most last year. And I think that's why James like became more vocal. It was because it was so sad. I was appreciative. However, I was like, Canopy is not even in America. Like oh, you Sons of bitches. Like, uh, you, wow. you, you rich, white, entitled <laughs> men. Like, you will not wow. do anything. So, account, where is your accountability team? So, <laughs> but, and this is why men, men didn't do so well. I mean, they, they, they invested in the wrong stuff, uh, you know, and uh, that's just crazy because you guys are doing education, which is the, the, the rules are out there. And, and my minorities are going to be like, Fuck you! Do what I want because I'm. It's because I'm this color is why. And it, partly why you're gonna get recognized by the law. But then again, if I know the rules, I can come back to you. Do you guys, have you guys just seen a, a, a Just Mercy just out now? 
it, it's out for free. It's on Prime, but it's about a black lawyer who's been helping inmates in death row. And uh, uh, Jamie Fox is the. Uh, Jamie, uh, I don't yeah. know the name of it. Yeah, no, it, it's. I just watched it last night, and uh, again, I, this was gonna be like my most important one because everything's fucked up. So why not we just <laughs> talk about things that are real? And so the fact is, though, this guy was a Harvard-educated black man from a farm community. You know, he 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 did the well water, all that gross stuff, and even if as a white farmer, he someone would do the same shit, right? But he was somebody who took it upon himself to get a higher education to to pursue something that was beyond what he was locally at. Absolutely. And then we have people who don't have that, th that drive in our communities, but I mean, it's not a bad not to have that drive. They got other things they're doing, you know, but the, the, the rules, the law, the map out there, if members of our community know that, then they can help the other ones and say, Hey, well, yeah. here, did, did you know how to file this 20 pages paperwork? Because this is what's going to get you off charges and shit like that. This is why I got Tom. He's a banker, man. I, I, I'm shit with money. I don't know anything about this stuff because I've That's never done criminal law. Watch. That's another good movie to watch. It's called The Banker. Was oh, right. Have you seen that? Hmm. Yeah. So they actually had to act like they were janitors and they used a white person to be like the owner of their business so that they could own buildings and like, oh. uh, yeah, it's called The Banker. So oh. yeah, again, like, so they had a token white dude go to the <laughs> bank to get the loan and then they're like, here's your cut. Thanks, yeah. guys. Gonna go back to cleaning the toilets. Yeah, yeah they, well, they, well know, no, they already had the money. So, like, <laughs> they already had the money. Like that, the like, like, like that was the beauty about it. Like, they just needed a white face to actually have a place in the building or to own a building in a, you know, in a community that did not service a lot of black and brown people. And then they just had to play themselves off like they were janitors in some of the buildings. Um, it's called the banker. It's 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 good. Is yeah. You know what that made me think about too? Just. But, but you know, back at it though, back when we were talking about the supremacy thing and, and the subconscious shit, like all these people who want to debate white lives matters. Let me point out to you that in Japan, white guys can get paid to be a fucking face of a company, and there's a name for it. There's no gig like that for black and brown people to be a face of a white of a company in Japan. Yes, like, yes. yes there is. It's, a, it's called equity. It it's is. called equity it's called, it is. It's, called, it's called social equity program. Yes. Yes, yeah, it, 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 it absolutely is. It's, it's yes, they're, they're blackwashing their companies now that, just, that, to get in, just to oh, get in. And I call it blackwashing. That's why I asked yes, about yes, Illinois yes, because yes. we know a dispensary, not, not with the adult use, but, you know, the medicinal use, you know, they, you know, use uh, the, the, the social equity type of, you know, component, you know, oh, yeah, this, yeah. this, this, this face and, and call this face the owner of this, but this face is really the minority owner yeah, and they're yeah. going to get, you know, phased yeah. out. The, a lot of the people that they were taking credit for for being minority owners were white women, because white women are minorities somehow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. I figured like like white people is about like sixty, seventy percent of America, and like you know women is like fifty percent. Just just estimating. Uh, so I, as a woman, how dare you? You see how easy that was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like I, I know one of those things where it's like, but. Isn't it 50% women? I mean, like, shouldn't like, but then it because like diversity is points in the application. So when I get a team and I'm like, all right, well, how do you reflect the Listen, state? You can't lose with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you check out. <laughs> Tori and James, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, where can we go to find, follow, and support uh, We Baked in Cage Free Cannabis? Yes, you can follow us. First and foremost, um, because we are we are needing we call of action right now. Um, National Expansion Week is coming, um, and we again we have wraparound services, we have attorneys, and we just want volunteers from anywhere. We need hosts, we need organizers that's willing to just open the door. If you just if you just tell us you can be there at a certain time to open up the door for the public, I promise you we will help you find the rest with the resources. Like they are the Benninger. Cage free cannabis and and cage free repair. I tell you, they 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 are they have nothing. When I tell you, they they are nowhere in this twelve billion dollar cannabis industry. Yet they are the ones that do the most work for people that have been mostly impacted and affected, you know, by the by, by the drug war. And just follow them um, on cagefreecannabis.com. You can go on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Expungement Week. Um, you can find James and I, um, at we bake on Instagram and did I miss anything? That's all I got. Yeah. You can find our donation link for, um, 
for National Expansion Week on our Instagram page. And yeah, follow us. Like, we need your help. And I promise you, you you'll appreciate it. You're doing the work anyway. So let's just like really get you acknowledged for it. Did, did, did we say off the record? Off the record.org? Off the record.us. Oh, dot US. With, with Canopy as our sponsor. Shout out to Canopy. Because we feel like in the US. <laughs> we'll definitely throw those links in the description of our YouTube. And Tom, where can people go to like uh, learn more about the war on drugs? Uh, well, I was just going to say, hey, let's give away a book. So if you wanted to get a book, I'll, I'll email you this one. Uh, email me at Tom at collateralbase.com. Let me know your address and I'll take care of that. All right. Thanks again. For <laughs> thanks again for tuning in, everyone. And thanks, Tori and James, Thank for joining you. us. Thank you, everyone, and wash your hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Watch out for the.